what are the Cincinnati Reds most likely to do this offseason? We'll tell you on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love for the game, our love for the Reds, and we have turned all of that passion into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's Aloha Live Friday edition of the show, we are going to be talking about the offseason moves that we think the Reds are most likely to make. Not what we want them to do, not what we think they absolutely should do, but what we think is realistic that they're going to go out and do. We're also going to ask a really challenging question Jeff came up with for the second segment involving signing the youngsters versus going out and signing free agents. It's a, I'm not sure how that conversation is going to go, but it's going to be a fun one. And then of course, we're going to take your questions and comments, our favorite part of the show. We're going to get into it right now. Now, before we do that, though, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, Jeff, not what you want to have happen, not what you and I both know that they should do. But the most likely moves for the Reds this offseason in the comments section has already been blown up about potential offseason moves. It's first and foremost on everybody's mind. Yeah, this is where we try to get inside the mind of Nick Crawl. And honestly, he's been a bit vague this offseason because every time someone asks him about a specific area of the team and something that we all know, the Reds really need. I mean, he's been asked poignantly about starting pitching. He's been asked poignantly about the bullpen. He's been asked about multiple different things. His answer to everything is we are looking at everything to improve this team. There's not a move that he is leaving out. So it's a little bit harder this year. And and, and the good news is they're going to be busy. I keep saying that. I keep believing that. I keep knowing that they're going to be busy. But what is it? that they're most likely to do. I think the most likely outcome, the most likely thing to happen this offseason, Steve, is that there is a trade, the biggest move that the Reds will make this offseason, and the most likely thing to happen this offseason is a trade. I think Nick Crawl is adept at making deals that work for him, and, and, and really not necessarily in the vein of that guy in your fantasy league that you just know is going to absolutely get the best deal and work you over. And you're going to wonder what happened because you dealt with that guy, but he is going to come up with a deal that works for either both sides or slants slightly toward him. He is not going to take a deal just to get it. But I think that is how the reds get their best player this off season. And I think that is likely a starting pitcher. See, and I think this falls into your your obsession with trading Jonathan India. Hashtag Jeff H. Jonathan India. If there's going to be a trade, though, that's the starting point, I think. Uh, yeah. I would, I would be shocked if it's anybody else. Here's the problem with the Reds going out and making a trade right now is that when 
the other GM picks up the phone, it's probably not India they're going to be asking for. It's going to be one of the other young guys that just hit the roster or are still waiting to make their debuts. We're talking about Arroyo. We're talking about um, Chase Petty. We're talking about guys that are still in the farm. Yeah, Stewart, so, guys like that. Yeah, so it's it's going to be, you know, I don't know that Nick would be trading from a position of strength. I, I, I think that, you know, he has up, up to this, this point, I think that it's going to be a little bit more He's going to have to finesse it a little bit more than he's had to in the past uh, when it was just a fire sale around here. So I don't know if a trade is the the single biggest thing. I think they actually know that they need to generate a little um, a little more goodwill with the fan base, and they need to make it really appear they're doing some things to, to take that next step, to hit that 2024 competition window. And I think that involves the most likely move that I think they're going to do, which is they're going to splash the bullpen with some talent. They're going to go out and get two or three guys uh, because when you talk about free agent contracts, while the good ones aren't cheap, there are some really good above average pitchers in that free agent relief pool that the Reds can definitely afford, that they could go out and sign two or three of for the price of that one starter that everybody is salivating over and really make a difference in the entire 2024 baseball season, uh, not just once every fifth day, but having those arms available nearly every day to help this team get over the hump. I think that's the most likely move. Make no mistake about it. They have the financial flexibility to really check everything off their shopping list this offseason. I mean, they've got we, – we talked about this in an episode a few days ago that the projected payroll – including arbitration and things like that is still going to be well below $50 million. And if you're really talking about even approaching, and I don't even necessarily think they get close, but if they approach the salary total that they had back in 2020 and 2021, then you have lots and lots of wiggle room to work with on this payroll. So they're going to be able to do a lot of different things, but here's why I say that Nick crawl is trading out of position of strength. Every player, that he has to offer in a trade is under team control and is very cheap. Every single player. There, there's not a player on this roster, even if he were to offer Hunter Green. Hunter Green's contract is super cost-effective when you're talking about a trade and whatever it is that you're looking for. And obviously Hunter Green for a starting pitcher doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So I'm, I'm just saying financially. But when you're looking at the guys that he has to offer, the glut of talent is in the infield, and the, the infield is all very cheap. So when you look at that, he can really take a phone call and just be like, look, I don't have to move any of these guys because none of them are taxing to my payroll. All of them have talent and can play in the field somewhere. I'm just looking to see if I can make my team the best possible version of it. That's why when I saw that rumor the other day about Jonathan India come up, there at the end of John Morosi's tweet, he said that the Reds are not motivated to move him right now. They don't have to be motivated to move anybody, but that's why I think they end up making a trade because they're going to get a general manager to bite. He's going to get somebody to play ball with him. It's funny because you and I disagree on this, but we we disagree for the same the same argument. I, I could take everything right. that you just said and say it again exactly the same way and say that's why they're not going to make a trade. They have young, 
superstars that are cheap to fill all of the positions. There's a little bit of a surplus to cover injuries. And all they have to do now is go out and sign a couple free agents and they're going to win this division. So for yeah. me, that's that's kind of why I, I, I don't fall into this line of there's going to be this big splash trade that, you know, and when I when I say that, I mean, I'm talking about a trade that requires a press conference. We haven't really had one of those in a while where we needed everybody to gather around the old ballpark and have the jersey put on ceremony. It's 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 been a yes, while. Giannis was the last one, wasn't he? He was. I, he was. So yeah, yeah. for me, I think it's much more likely that that <laughs> it's much more likely that Nick Crawl spends a little bit of this cash. We know the budget is set. We know that just to get to league average in in payroll he can spend 40 50 million dollars mm -hmm. and that will go a long way to addressing outfield and bullpen which are really the big glaring holes uh i i think the rest of the the rest of the problems on this team whether it's stability in the starting rotation can be addressed with what you've got plus the couple more guys that are coming you know is Rhett louder going to be ready at some point in time in 2024 probably is chase petty going to be ready sometime in 2024 Probably. So, you know, in addition to the six guys now that are vying for five starting rotation spots, that's two more guys to put into the mix. So for me, I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me to allocate $20 million a year to a guy that's going to play once every fifth day when you've got seven other arms to fill those spots and you can address all of these other holes uh, without having to trade away any real talent and just spend a little money. That's fair. And, and, and I think that, what we are getting at here is what's most likely to happen. The Reds are going to make some moves and we're going to be busy this off season talking about new Reds coming in. But I think that Nick crawl has lots of different options and lots of different tools available for him to do that. You know, Steve, with all of this talk and what are the Reds going to do? I, there's an interesting discussion topic and I'm curious of your response. And quite frankly, I don't have a strong feeling on this, but I'm curious what the, what the folks in the comments section here on this live Aloha edition of the podcast uh, have to think about this because would you lock up the infield for a while or check off the off season shopping list? We're going to discuss which one we would choose coming up next. Before we do that, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Jace Medical. You know, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I, whether it's talking about, you know, getting fired up over wins and losses and who's going to start and who's going to sit, who's getting traded, who's getting signed. I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you're covered. Thanks to our partners, Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis and Viagra can be ordered as well. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember, use the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Quote, supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotics kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than the pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. Unquote. If you or someone you love would get peace of mind from having a year supply of any of their daily medications, go to jacemedical.com right now and see if it's offered for you. Remember, use the promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase.
Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. And thanks for joining us here on this live Aloha edition of the podcast, Live Aloha Friday. We always love trying to do a live uh, Friday every uh, Friday throughout the offseason. Sometimes things get in the way, whether it be life, whether it be uh, just the seasonal allergies attacking the heck out of me, whatever it might be. We are going to try our best to be here with you every single Friday, talking Reds baseball live here on the Locked On Reds YouTube page. And coming up on our next Locked On Reds podcast, you won't want to miss it because we're going to discuss just how valuable Spencer Steer is to the Reds. Spoiler alert, it's quite a bit, but we're going to discuss that on the next Locked On Reds podcast. But Steve, uh, let's ask this because this was an interesting discussion topic uh, I had with some of our friends just talking about Reds baseball the other day. And this is an either or situation. And I think that this is very interesting because this brings up a lot of different things that you and I have talked about multiple times on the podcast. You can do one or the other, which means if you pick one, you lose the other. You can either do this. Number one, sign all of the young infielders. So we're talking about Ellie De La Cruz. We're talking about Matt McClain, CES and Noel V. Marte. And heck, you know what? Let's throw Spencer Steer in there as well. All five of those guys for the next eight years, you can do that, or you can check off all the to-do boxes for the offseason, but you can only pick one. Ugh. You know, when you pitched this earlier, it perplexed me, and I remain perplexed at what the right answer is to do this. I think at the end of the day, I would be, I, I you know, I don't know. I think the the right answer is to lock up this infield. That feels like the right answer because the Reds were a, a winning team with these guys as rookies. They're going to get better. There's going to be more wins. We've got more reinforcements in the minor leagues. The starting pitchers not involved in this conversation can be flipped and traded to restock and revamp the pitching. Um I think as I talk it out now, I'm talking myself more and more and more into locking everybody up for eight years and hope like Dusty that my gut will lead me in the right direction to, to fix the rest of the problems. I think that's where I'm going, Jeff. I think I'm saying that I would rather lock up all those cats for eight seasons with the peripheral that I know exists to fill in the blanks versus going out and signing some guys. See, and this is an interesting conundrum for me because as I look at this question, this this seems like a a a uh, scenario that the Reds had play early in 2010, in 2011, and 2012 because they had this awesome first baseman from up north of the border that could hit the ball like a like a madman. They had this amazingly versatile second baseman who fielded like a Gold Glover every single day and could hit anywhere in the lineup. They had this right fielder who could throw anybody out at any point in the ballpark and could hit the ball a country mile. It's just sometimes he was a little bit inconsistent with it, but he was still amazing at it. And they had these guys that, that you know, they made up the core of the team and they decided to lock all of them up. And then the moment that they locked all of them up, they locked themselves into financial inflexibility. And then they had holes in the bullpen and in the outfield and, and in different spots of the team. And they were forced to fill them with strange trades and weird signings. And sure, they got Jonathan Broxton and 
they got Marlon Bird and, and, and Ryan Ludwig and things like this, but they weren't ever able to check off all those boxes. And I feel like in this scenario where you could either sign all the young players for eight years or check off all the to-do boxes this offseason, if you check off all the to-do boxes that the Reds have this offseason, you have a playoff team. You have a team, you honestly have a team that could contend for a World Series because if you just make the postseason, the, the, the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, everybody's proved this last couple of years. If you just make it to the dance, you got a shot at the World Series. And the Reds could absolutely do that because you also look at the fact that those young players are still under team control for at least the next four or five years. And you can kind of figure out what to do with it a little bit that. So there's a little bit of a cheat baked into this question in that, sure, you could sign them for eight years, but they're already signed for four to five years. It's just, you don't have that financial security for each one of them because they have to go through the arbitration process. All right, a couple things here. Let's get into the comment sections for just a minute. People are reacting to this this question, Jeff, and it's a good question. Uh, Doug checks in and says, lock them up, lock them up, lock them up. Alex fights right back and says it's too early, which there is an argument to be had there uh, for sure. Uh, it also by pointed out by Big Love, you forgot to mention Matt McClain and the guys that we're going to lock up, and he is absolutely locking up yes, number one. So definitely want to uh, make sure he is included in this. Uh, fly the dub. I don't know if that is a Cubs. I don't know what's going on there. That feels very Chicago Cubs to me. Fly the dub. I don't know. Uh, not all rookies get better, though. That would be also a fair point. The comment from a here's Cubs here's, here's I don't know. Thought, wait, hang though. on, just a second though, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with what you had to say, you're right about it's kind of there's there's some stability baked into it already with the current team control. And actually what you're describing, uh, if you take the fill all the holes this year, well, really, it's what we've been saying. And it's what I think Nick Crawl's been saying that he was going to do all along. 2024 mm -hmm. was the competition window. Uh, get these rookies up and, and producing and then fill in the holes. And so really your question is stick with the plan as Nick Crawl has laid it out or change it, deviate a little bit. And change it up some because these guys are so good and lock them up for a little bit longer. Uh, remember when we talked about Nick Crawl's plan, when we talked about that press conference where he kind of laid out his vision for what he was going to do, it was going to mean that we were going to have to operate differently here in Cincinnati than we always have. We were going to have mm -hmm. to stop getting attached to every single player that shows up and does good. We were going to have to stop with having – the expectation of having all of these career reds that are, are wearing the uniform for, for years and years and years and years and years. And we were going to have to get more used to models such as what they do in Tampa, which is churn that roster, bringing in more and more and more talent. And so really this is, this is a great reminder as I've now had time to process your question. This is a great reminder of how we got here, how we got to where we are on the cusp of being a winner and how it would probably be dangerous to deviate from the plan at this point. So you got me. I fell into the trap because I think you're correct. The right answer is to do what we've been doing. Go sign the guys to fill the holes and win the darn division in 2024. And I think, too, this is an interesting thing because it's such a hard thing to turn down. If you could tell me with a guarantee that the Reds could lock up the infielders because of who their agent is. All of them. 
have Scott Boris. Like, I don't think any one of them has a different agent other than Scott Boris, which means that at some point, Nick Crawl is going to have to make a call to the man that gets his clients paid the most to see if he can lock somebody up for a long-term deal. And Scott Boris is not going to let his clients sign too early. That's the other thing about this. And, and, um, and I'm sorry, I forgot who made the point of it being too early. It's not necessarily that it's too early in their development, because I think the Braves proved that with Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies when they signed them. Because when they signed them, there was a lot of people that were saying, boy, it's really early to give these guys that kind of extension, huh? Now the Braves look like absolute geniuses because both of those guys are criminally underpaid for how good they are. And when you look at how they, how this team could develop, if you could sign them early enough, I think that's the best way to do it. I just don't think Scott Boris is going to have the appetite for that because he knows how to get his clients paid. And he knows that his clients aren't going to get paid if they're signing a contract extension the first year or two into their careers. So I think that, that that that's a hard thing to pass up, but I still look at this and say, if you go out and you get two or three bullpen guys, you get a starting pitcher, you get an outfielder, you check off all the boxes, this team's going to roll into next year. And by the way, we haven't even mentioned the fact that it looks like Milwaukee is like this close to blowing it up. Like you add that into the equation, the Reds check off all their offseason boxes. We're gonna roll into next year. I don't even know what I did there. Um, fireworks going. Um, we're gonna roll into next year looking like the favorites to win the division. Yeah, I think I what we see on paper right now is a two-horse race between the Reds and the Cubs. And depending on what the Cardinals do, they could be in the mix as well. I think that's really what we're talking about for this division next season. And I know this, this offseason is just getting started. Uh, the Reds are already in several rumors. I've seen it in the comment section there. We're going to get into yeah. that because coming up, you guys get to drive the ship. We're going to the questions and the comments, and we're going to hear what you all have to say right after this. You can follow us in between episodes. You can follow Jeff and I on X. See the little updated graphics there on the YouTube screen. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow me at S Offenbaker with two Fs. You can also follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, get over to our Discord server. Join the community. Lots of great baseball conversation there and several other off-topic channels. There's a little something for everybody. There's gaming. There's bingles. There's all kinds of stuff over there. It's a lot of fun. I've had a great time last season talking baseball every day with those folks. Uh, going to be a lot of off-season conversation there and can't wait to have everybody around talking baseball in 2024. All right, Jeff. It is time for our favorite part of the show where we're going to do the Q&A. So let's start with uh, a question that I saw way back earlier. I'm not going to go all the way back in the, the list to get it, but uh, the gist of it is this, you know, what relief pitchers are we interested in the Reds going and getting? What relief pitchers are available? Yeah, it, it, shout out to Doug McMenamin. I believe I said that right. Sorry, Doug, if I didn't. Uh, Sonny Gray didn't really want to leave since the DJ reunion could work. I'm worried about getting quality relievers. Do you guys have any targets in mind? And he was uh, responding. There was a Sonny Gray uh, conversation in the comments earlier there. But, yeah, the quality relief pitchers, Doug, start for me with Nick Martinez. From He, he pitched with San Diego last year. 
um, actually last couple of years, I believe very good setup man for them. Um, if you go look at his numbers, you know, the numbers that everybody loves first and foremost, the ERA is going to jump off the page at you. But what really jumps off the page at me is he keeps the ball on the ground. He does a very good job. I believe his ground ball rate was greater than 50%. The Reds as a team had a worse than 40% ground ball rate and the worst ballpark, like other than Coors field to give up a fly ball. The Reds were terrible at giving up fly balls. That is a statistical improvement that the entire pitching staff needs to work on this offseason. But you start by going out and getting a relief pitcher that keeps the ball on the ground. Nick Martinez is that guy, according to our friends over at SpotTrack, who give us the, the market values for free agents and what you can kind of expect a guy might cost. Says that it would cost around $8.9 million per year to sign him. And I think that that is fine. I, I think if I remember right, going back a few years, whenever they signed uh, Jared Hughes and David Hernandez, that was about what they signed them for. It might've been a few million dollars less per year, but Nick Martinez is the first guy and he might be one of the first relief pitchers to be signed. So that could be interesting, but I really want to see him in a Reds uniform next year. You know, for me, I I think the off the bullpen offseason conversation will start with the Reds making a decent effort to go out and bring Buck Farmer back. That might actually be the first bullpen signing. And I know that's not an upgrade, uh, but if you can use Buck Farmer a little better and not, you know, cause his arm to fall off throughout the season, then uh, it's possible that he would be a valuable re-addition to this bullpen. Uh, it'll be interesting at where he actually lands. Spot track has him at 5.2 million. I, I really hope he doesn't go that high. Uh, I think he won't go that high. But for me, if we're talking about adding, there's a couple uh, names on this list that intrigue me a little bit. One is a reunion with a Roldis Chapman. Now, he might be a little pricey given where he is in the stage of his career, but you know, Spot Trek has him at 7.1 million as an estimate. And but I think he'd be a good fit for this bullpen. I think that he could be a guy that you lean on when Alexis Diaz pitched the day before or pitched two days before. He could be a guy that you could lean on to be your setup man in other situations. Uh, I would not have a problem with that. Another interesting name on the free agent relief pitcher list is Will Smith. And I've always I've always liked Will Smith. Uh, I think he'd be a great lefty addition to the to the bullpen down there. And I think uh, they need a a reliable lefty infusion down there. It's it's got to be more than the Alex Youngs of the world, right? They've got to do yes. a little bit better job of filling that lefty. And Sam Mall is still going to be back, but yeah, no. right. So no, uh, and for me, it would be one of those guys. I love the Will Smith idea. There's this fun stat wasn't even really a stat it was just like a like a, a a fact or something like a trivia thing that you could do with your friends like will smith has actually been in the last three world series and actually actually will smith has been in the last four going back to 2020 because the catcher will smith for the dodgers uh won that year but uh will smith uh, i think he was with the braves two years ago um and i forget who i, I think he was with the braves again uh the year before but um he has been involved in the world series quite a bit. And so the, the joke is you get Will Smith, you go to the world series. So eh, maybe that'll work. Um, I got a little bit of pushback on a Chapman though, because dude was a bit wild, especially in the playoffs. There were some, there were some outings. He came in that the Rangers were comfortably ahead. And then all of a sudden they weren't comfortably ahead. And he, 
he he was a slight bit wild and it was very inconsistent because there were some days and we even saw it when he was with the Royals and the Reds had that series against the Royals where he was old Rodas Chapman striking out the side. Nobody could touch him. But I think as he has gotten to this point in his career, you remember whenever he was a Red, there were just some days that almost immediately you could tell he was blowing the save. It just did not matter. He wasn't going to throw a strike or he was going to throw a billion home runs. It was just some, some kind of blow up seems like he's having a lot more of those blowups here recently. Now he's, he's had, he still has decent numbers to kind of mellow out those blowups, but I don't know. Like I, I, I think, and, and maybe that's just part of the whole relief pitching is a fickle thing conversation, but he's, he's not a guy that I think would be on my first tier of um, free agent desires. Well, maybe they should just take all their money and sign Josh Hader. Let's just do that. Think about the trickle down of that though. And, and, and yes, they need to inf- and, and infuse this bullpen with more talent, but like you have Josh Hader and Alexis Diaz at the top of your bullpen. Then you, you kind of trickle everybody down a little bit. Lucas Sims, Ian Jubeau, everybody kind of takes a step down a little bit. Um, they actually, yeah. Um, Chris, Chris Ayers says Hader would probably bring in 17 to 20 million. And that's about what spot track has him at. I mean, he may even sign for more than that because of his demand. So I, I think it'll be intriguing to me. If you bring him in, you're probably talking about going and getting Buck Farmer then to bring him back. And then maybe, I don't know, a league minimum type signing right. on top of that. Gotcha. But that would be intriguing. I and mean, then that would be a press conference worth of you signing. For, for sure. All right, let's move off the pitching a little bit. Let's talk about... Uh, some position players, specifically outfield, and this keeps coming up. So I, I wanted to go down this lane because uh, it, it keeps popping up. And let's just dig into it for a second. Scott Gamble checks in. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Asks, how about a reunion with Nick Castellanos? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's some this nostalgia feel good there of of, you know, a guy we loved. But I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's a heart and brain type deal, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, your heart says yes. Your heart says a thousand percent. Yes, I would love it. And honestly, if they did it, I wouldn't hate it. But there's a there's a there's a thought process. There's a brain thought process here Mm -hmm. that if the Reds are going to add positional talent, especially in the outfield, they need to be good defensively. Mm hmm. Listen, he gets a raw deal. He's worked on his defense. He's better. He's better in the outfield than he's probably ever been. But I think Austin nails this reuniting with Castellanos in India would be super cool, but probably not worth what you'd have to give up to make it happen. I mean, it'd be Edwin Arroyo. I think that's how I feel about it. It would be. I think that that's probably where the conversation starts. If we're going to talk about, you know, guys that aren't already on the active roster. So uh, for me, I think it just, it's, I think it's cost prohibitive. Because like, think about this too. Like, I don't, and I don't know how available these guys are. We've heard reports that the Padres are are going through the off season and holding on to Juan Soto. But if Juan Soto is available, or if Luis Robert for the White Sox is available, and you could package Edwin Arroyo in there with a couple of other top prospects and go get those guys, I would rather have those guys than I would Castellanos. And I love Casty. Casty is one of my favorite all time Reds that I've ever watched. But I just I, I look at this and I say, if there are other options available, I'd rather them go seek those guys out. All right. 
Greg checks in, says he's seen a lot of rumors of the Reds going after Candelario. We talked about this a little off air. We should probably talk about it on air. Jeff, um, you want to go first? Yeah, this one puzzles me, Steve. Like, I mean, he's talented. He's fine. He hits mm-hmm. the ball well. Um, Cubs fans love them. If you, if you uh, listen to any of our, our, our pal, uh, pals over at Locked on Cubs, uh, any of their episodes, they absolutely loved Candelario uh, after they traded for him. Um, he, he's a solid bat. Here's the thing, though. He's a solid defender at corner infield. How many corner infielders do we need? How many corner infielders can we play? Well, we know the answer for sure is two. You can only play a first baseman and a third baseman, unless the Reds are going to come up with some new defensive alignment that we've never seen before in the 157 years of Cincinnati Reds baseball. You can only play one first baseman and one third baseman. And the fact that you've got CES, Noel V. Marte, Spencer Steer, um, Jonathan India really could profile as a corner infielder. Currently, Nixon Zell's still on the roster. I mean, there's just so many guys right now that fit that profile that would you improve a roster spot? Maybe, but who are you setting out by bringing in Jamer Candelaria? And his market value right now, I think I saw was like $13 million. So that's not a nothing sign. That's not like a, oh yeah, by the way, we also signed Jamer Candelaria. Like 13 million is 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 getting close to a press conference. And if I'm envisioning a press conference for the Reds, I don't know that it's Jamer Candelaria. All right, a couple things on this. Um, and and I agree with you. Um, first thing on this, this is coming from John Heyman. So this <laughs> yeah, is a guy that I continue to be amazed still has a job and is allowed to tweet. I, I, I just, I don't understand how Heyman continues to work because he's never right about anything. He throws a bunch of crap against the wall and hopes something sticks. And, you know, once a season that interaction does, right. You know, he, he's all about clicks and mentions and, and whatever else. Uh, so let's start there. B, if this is true, if the Reds are really looking at this guy, what it says to me is there's some other deal in place. There's there's something else cooking, and this guy's filling a hole you're about to create by a trade that you're going to make. Uh, yeah. So do you want to trade CES for Candelario? Do you want to trade Spencer Steer for Candelario? Noel do you want to trade Noel V. Marte? Uh, I don't. I don't want to lose any of those guys. So... And and those are the names we would be talking about if they're going to go out and get a blockbuster deal done for a starting pitcher or, you know, a 40 bomb hitting outfielder. One of those names could be involved. So I, I think this is just Heyman being Heyman, really, at the end of the day. I wonder. And this is too much speculation. I'm, I'm sure this is not what we're talking about, but I mean. Are we talking about a Juan Soto type deal? The Reds go get Juan Soto. Maybe they trade. Marte, Arroyo, and Chase Petty probably probably would cost more than that, actually. Um, but you you go get Juan Soto, so you open up a spot for Candelario. I think I I I don't mind that. I don't love the idea of losing Marte or CES, whoever it is in this hypothetical mm-hmm. deal. But again, this is hypotheticals and and all that other stuff. But if you're saying you bring in Soto and Candelario, two proven guys, and you're trading, um, I I am just, I'm I'm nails for the, nails 
for the audio folks, we've been having this problem Every on video time. feed, guys. The I, we think it's an iOS thing with Apple, but there's certain hand gestures that are resulting in graphics that are beyond our control and, and we've they're learned usually very how we do. it's like the castellanos effect like we figured out how to get a thumbs up to appear on the screen most of the time yeah. i know how to get the fireworks when we need them i know how to get the balloons but apparently we but, just talk with our hands just, too much because it, it we do it at random. so so i don't do know random, i don't but, know I think there, there's a good spot, by the way, speaking of our audio folks, to drop off our audio folks. We have a lot more Q&A to come, so please don't uh, drop off here the live section, but we want to uh, say goodbye to our audio folks. There will be a bonus Q&A that we will add into the audio feed a little bit later on. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Lockdown Reds, though. Coming up on the next episode, we will be talking about the value of one Spencer, and I need to figure out his middle name, Steer to the Cincinnati Reds as we move along because he was quite good in 2023. That's coming up on the next Lockdown Reds. But until then, you can trust that Steve and I will be Lockdown Reds every single day.